you know what? Even a hummingbird knows that when the food, when you you don't return to a place where you're not being fed. Even a hummingbird knows that. In life, we gotta stop going back to places where we're not being fed and filled up. Like how many times do we return to an empty well? We know ain't nothing at the bottom of that well but money. We still go back. But we gotta we have to stop trying to do God's job. We gotta stop because we just get in the way. We prolong our suffering. We delay the breakthrough. We delay, you know, the miracle that we we have the ability the ability to witness, but we so busy trying to do instead of experiencing and creating and, and operating in that submissive role. Don't nobody wanna hear that. Don't nobody wanna hear that, but I I I will gladly take the submissive role and 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 be led. And a lot of times that's we don't have to submit to man. We're supposed to be submitting to God. That's that's what people misconstrue. Well, he don't tell me what to do. You right. Does anybody know? Because that's the problem. Hey you, welcome back to the Redefining You podcast. I'm your host, Lindria Wynn, and we are back for episode number 10. And I'm excited, super, super, super excited because today, like I told y'all last episode, we are capping off the end of season one. So this will be the last episode for a little bit, but we'll be coming back. Um, But I try to keep my promises, right? From what you guys have learned about me thus far, I try to keep my promises. And I did just that. We have the Miss Full-Figured Georgia Plus, right? Correct. (laughs) I told her, I was like, okay, let me make sure I got the name right before we go introducing folks. And if... If you don't know who this beautiful queen is, her name is Miss Seneca Clark, aka Sente. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Sint. Hey, y'all. <laughs> it's the sash for me. I told her. I'm like, listen, the crown is one thing because we all carry an individual, right. like an invisible crown, but it's it's the sash for me. It's like, ooh. That's what solidifies. <laughs> How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so y'all, we not going to be fake and all. We're we not going to do that. Please, please don't make me Me and Sin are cousins. Like, first cousins. First. Like, blood cousins. <laughs> That's fam. Like, yeah. We, we relate so I- this is gonna be a little bit different, y'all. A little bit different, a little bit different. Like we we know each other real well. Yeah, we're gonna go back to talking in the bathroom a lot. Secrets we'll never tell. Secrets we will never tell. Never tell. Man, that's so crazy you say that because we we whoo we have grown up. We Cheers. have grown up. Cheers to God growing us up the right way. I got some water. I'll cheers to that. I got my Starbucks coffee that I made at home. Oh my goodness. That's right. My Starbucks cup. Listen, 
You got you got to do it at the house sometimes. That that five dollars of plus. And I'm always I always want to be fancy and get grande. Oh, that that adds up real fast, real fancy. Real fancy. So we're gonna do it real fancy at home and make our own coffee for free. There you go. There you go. All right, so we're gonna jump into the podcast, y'all. You guys are wondering probably, okay, who who is Seneca? So that's the first question. Who is Seneca? Like outside of the crown, who is Seneca? Seneca is somebody who is number one real with herself and also I try to make sure I keep it real with others but I'm also growing and I'm also still learning I'm not I have not arrived yet or anything like that I'm just somebody that's down to earth that's very easy to talk to I try to make myself available for those who really need me um I'm somebody who is really learning the value of no so you know mm. It's things that, you know, I'm still working on, but you know, hey, aren't we all still learning? Listen, I love the fact that you just said you're still learning the value of no, because let me tell you something. Them yeses are expensive. Very. Yeses are very, very expensive. expensive. If I give you a yes nowadays, that means that I'm telling something else no. Right. Even if the, the thing I'm telling no is me taking a nap and those right. are priority for me. <laughs> If I don't know that those will take a nap, like, don't do that. Sometimes my peace is, is, is up there. It's up there. We can't, we can't. It's very, it's very imperative for me to say no now. Like, I didn't know how to say no. And I was always getting the short end of the, of the stick, so to speak. Like, just. And that comes from when you don't value yourself. When you don't Mm -hmm. value you. And you don't think that you're important. And when you don't think that you're worth that time, then you tend to be that person, that yes man. And you cannot, and and I have to tell myself this all the time, especially when I feel like I'm exhausted Mm -hmm. and I felt like I have done way too much. Like I have really like poured and poured and poured and poured. I have to tell myself all the time, Seneca, you cannot pour from an empty vessel. Exactly. You got to sit back and you got to regroup. You have to refine yourself. You have to really refresh your own self. You can't expect for somebody else to fill you up. The pastor can, can keep trying to push it. Everybody around you can try to keep pushing it, but it's not until you take that time. Wait a minute. Let me just take care of me for a moment. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where I am. Like, let me take <laughs> this. Let me take my moment. Okay. Because if I don't take my moment, it's no telling how it may affect you and how it may affect me in the long run. And I had to grow to learn that too. So I yeah, mean, that's important, especially now that you're wearing that crown. Very, oh there are so many eyes and people looking at you. And that goes for anyone. Like Seneca just so happened to have competed and won the pageant, but we all carry like mantles like she's carrying a crown like a physical one but we all have like responsibilities and whether it's a brand whether it's you know your marriage whether it's the titles Mm -hmm. and I love the fact that you didn't start and say oh I'm a hairdresser or because those are just roles that is not who you are that's not who you are at all that's not who you are they're just roles and titles that you hold 
That's so, it. Tell the people what your profession is. Ooh. Okay. So my profession is a licensed cosmetologist. Mm -hmm. I have been licensed now for 13 years in the state of Florida, and this year will be my first year in the state of Georgia. So, yeah, I've been around inside of the beauty industry for a long time. I'm also an MUA. A lot of people know it as a makeup artist, a professional makeup artist. Um, cosmetology has always been something that I loved. I stopped going to... Whew, Lord, I stopped going to nursing school. My mom actually was like, you know what, Seneca, let me sit you down and let me talk to you for a minute. And it was right after I had finished Florida Memorial University. After I finished them, I came back home thinking that, you know, my mama, she will, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to be just like my mama, who was a nurse. And I was like, I'm going to be just like my mom. And I remember she sat me down. She said, Seneca, she said, I appreciate that you want to be like me. She said, but you don't have to be like me. She said, you have to find your first love. And I remember I was like, mama, everything that you do is my first love. She said, no, it's not. That's not you. And I sat back and I was like, mama, you know, I always wanted to do hair like Miss Trussell. She said, then that's what you want to do. Yeah. She said, then you do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. And I remember her telling me, she said, Seneca, you know that you're happy in a field when you don't mind doing it for free. Mm. So she said, that doesn't mean you do it for free. She said, but you wouldn't mind doing it for free. And cosmetology is just that. I have done a lot of free stuff, but, you know. You love it. I love it. Like just it's just. It's yeah. not work for me. I Your go to, passion I makes you a paycheck. And that's mm -hmm. that's the ultimate goal. Like, real mm -hmm. talk, I'm, I'm a firm believer that when you start operating in purpose, mm -hmm. when you, like, you find your thing. It shouldn't feel like work. It's so crazy that you say that because last night, Caleb asked me what I do for a living. He sees me on Zooms all the time or listening to calls and things like that. So I, I told him, you know, what I do. And I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, I want to be a husband. <laughs> I said, well, okay, I appreciate that. Well, what is it about being a husband that, you know, you want to do? I want to have a wife. Okay. I appreciate that. I said, well, how are you going to take care of that wife? He said, I'm going to make money. I said, how are you going to make money? We, we go through this whole process. He said, well, I'm going to be like you. <laughs> Mind you, the concept of what mm -hmm. mommy does, mommy just always has money. And all mommy does is sit on the computer and all mommy does is talk to people and laugh and have a good time. I'm, I'm in a profession of sales and I just so happen to genuinely like people. So it doesn't feel like work to me. Like, right. I like that kind of stuff. Like I, and I'm competitive by nature. I don't like to lose. I'm okay with it. I'll settle in it, but I'm naturally competitive. And I literally just had to kind of have that conversation with Caleb. I said, okay, well, baby, if, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. But you don't have to be like mommy to make money. Like, I'm, I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate the fact that, sh you know, I'll listen, I'm going to be a husband one day. And that's right. And you're going to be a good one. You're going to be a, a good, good husband one. one day. A good one. <laughs> that's so crazy because as parents, a lot of times we make the mistake of trying to force or push our our failures onto our kids. I want my baby to be a track star because I ain't never make the team. Yeah. I want my baby to be a, a masterful ballerina 
because I could never fit in a tutu. Sweetie, let it go. That's a that's the biggest mistake a lot of go. parents make. And I one thing I kind of live through your kids. You all people are always trying to live through their children. And like, even though I don't have children, I'm an auntie mama, and I tell everybody that I'm a very proud auntie mama of five. Mumties are essential. Shout out very to all the essential. Like <laughs> I know some amazing ones. And when I tell you I'm okay with being auntie mama, I'm okay with it. You know, it was a time in my life where, you know, things happened and I wasn't able to be a mother. But now I see, you know, Seneca, your role as auntie mama is just important as mama, you know, because you have to. <laughs> I go to lunch dates. I go to school meetings. I, I go to everything that I need to go to just to make sure my fabulous five is is OK. But I would never. And I tell people this all the time. Stop trying to push your children to a place where you weren't able to go. Don't push them. Ooh. When you try to push your children and you try to make them do something, that's the complete opposite of what they tend to go towards. And what the ultimate goal is, is that we want you to be successful. We want you to be happy in life. We want you to be a law-abiding citizen. We want you to be very frugal. We want you to, it's a lot of things that we want you to be in this world outside of we wanting you to be just like us. Like my mom was a nurse. My dad was a civil engineer. Neither one of his, all three of his children, all three of my father's <laughs> children, none of us are in that field of engineering. None of well, us you know what it is. You know what it is. A lot of times, mm -hmm. like we're told to go to school, get yeah. a job get a degree, rack up debt so you can get a good job to pay off the debt. That's what we're talking about. Pay off the debt. We don't oftentimes hear about, you know, a trade or something like cosmetology school where you can get into the field in 18 months versus four years, be making six figures. Like we don't, we don't think about that. And you said something that's so important that I'm still learning at my big age of 30. It's how to be frugal. It's, it's not so much about us making more money as us keeping more money. Mm -hmm. And I just said a whole thing. Right now. Yes. Sometimes your financial freedom is on the other end of you being able to budget. And tell yourself no. Because them because yeses are expensive. Mm -hmm. I deserve Starbucks. Yes. Here, here go this money, Starbucks. <laughs> yeses are so Mm -hmm. Expensive. You gonna keep paying for that? Yes. You gonna you gonna keep paying, paying for that? Yes. Oh my goodness! You just said a whole thing just now. You gonna keep paying for and that? I yes. tell people, and I tell people this all the time. Like I had to grow to learn this because had I known when I was living in Gainesville, had I, known, had I known I had it good in Gainesville, I had it great actually. <laughs> Had I known the valuable lessons, because I lost my mom at 22 years old, but it was a lot of stuff about life that I did not know. But it was because of my auntie, Beverly, and my that mama. Strong, little strong, little skinny fingers, them right there. It was because of her that I learned so much. If I would have listened to her then, I would be a millionaire, hands down, because I started off, I didn't know what I was doing. I started off doing hair and makeup for weddings for what? 
I was going people have for twenty dollars, thirty dollars, makeup for fifteen dollars. But had I known everything that she had equipped me for, that I could have had a whole business plan, a whole like business plan. Went from working inside of a salon, working in salons, making great, amazing money, but did not know how to manage that money. Yeah, did not know how to pay a proper bill. My very first bill that I ever paid was my mother's funeral. But had I known the information that my auntie Beverly had told me when it came down to like, just, hey, just because they say you got a thousand dollars in your bank account don't mean you sit up there and you spend a thousand dollars. Yeah. And like different life lessons that Bev taught me. It's like now that I'm older at the age of 38 years old, had I known what I know now, had I known then what I know now, or listen to, because I ain't even gonna listen. Say, Bev is my mama, and Bev been saying preaching this since I've listen like a broken record. record but it's not broken. until you get sick and tired of being sick and tired that you, you start listen. employing the lessons that they've been trying to give you. Like yeah. it's not my until mama. you get ready that you are ready to accept mm-hmm. that. And it's so crazy. I want to, I want to kind of shift gears here because while my mom isn't your birth mom, she mothered you in a very important season of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that so often, especially, especially women who haven't had the ability to birth their own children, mm-hmm. they discount their roles in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I'm blessed to have children, but even still I fill gaps and I give encouragement to grown women like people look to me for just that that connection that you good you're doing great that affirmation like that, that affirmation. is so important and I want to shift gears because I want the people to know a little bit about your platform when you ran for the pageant tell mm-hmm. people about your pat your platform my platform is self love and body positivity <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of people just to know me you know that I struggle with a lot of things from my past um and my self-image was one of them and how it wasn't what other people seen of me it was what I seen of me Mm -hmm. and um self-love and body positivity is very very near to me just to give you guys a little just a little snippet of what happened what made self-love and body positivity so important to me I remember when I first moved back to Georgia I had just moved back it was back in 2000 I think 17 I had just moved back, um, got out of a relationship, thought I was going to be married that year, ended up not being married that year, um, had a really, really awful breakup. Um, in that breakup, I lost a baby. That was the first child I had ever been pregnant with. I lost them on account of, you know, overstressing. So I had the miscarriage, the failed relationship. I had all of this stuff that was piled up on me. So I, I ended up calling my dad who, you know, that is a testimony in itself. I called my dad and I was like, Hey dad, you know, I think it's time for me to move back home. He said, Seneca, I never told you you couldn't move back home. Come on back home. You know, you got a room. So I moved back home in about two weeks. And I just, and like I told Lindre, if I'm going to do this podcast, I'm going to be very, very honest. And I want to be transparent. And I want, I want you guys to, I want to help somebody. I don't want to just be on here just to look cute. 
But um, I remember my dad and my brother, they ended up coming to me. And it was like an intervention. They was like, Seneca, you need to get yourself together because you've been here for two weeks. Ain't nobody telling you that you got to get a job. But what we're telling you is you need to get yourself together. And it's let me tell y'all, one of the most embarrassing things as a woman is to hear men tell you that you stink. And to have my dad and my brother tell me that I had an odor, it did something to me because that let me know. And it was like a light bulb had went off in my head because here are two men that love me. They love me beyond measure. And for them to, you know, have to have an intervention, they, they was in my daddy room talking. And then they ended up coming into my room. And I remember, like, both of them, they just, and they said it so stern, but they, and I felt the love coming from it. And it was it like, was you smell, yes, you smell bad. You got to get yourself together. And my brother, he said, Seneca, I love you. He said, but what are you doing to yourself? He said, all you're doing is you hurting yourself. And he said, you supposed to, I'm supposed to be looking up to you. I'm supposed to be looking to you, but look at you, Seneca. Look at yourself. He said, you got all of this stuff. And you ain't using none of it. And my daddy say, Seneca, you done bought all of this stuff up here to Georgia. And in two weeks, we ain't seen you come out this room that many times. Mm. You sit in here and you cry all day. And you ain't, he say, you ain't even taking care of your hygiene. And I remember I said, dang. And both of them, they walked out the door. They left it right there. That's it. They left it right there. And I remember I sat in that room for about 15 more minutes and I cried. I can't believe they're talking about me. And see, here's that woe is me moment. Always thinking that everything is about you, but really really and truly, it's not about you. It's about the people that 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 you are affecting in a negative way. So I remember going into the bathroom. I took all my hygiene stuff in the bathroom. I was like, Cindy, you got to get a grill. And the first thing that you got to do is you got to take care of you, yeah. your body. You got to take care of your body first. And I went in there and I and I showered. I did everything I had to do. And I threw those clothes in the trash because, you know, honestly, I had those, those clothes on for like four or five days. I had, like, like they said, I hadn't showered. But um, I remember going into the room and I looked at myself in my mirror at my dad's house. And I, I began to like say affirmations to myself because I was so broken and I was so hurt. And I had to look at the very things that I, impurities, imperfections that I've seen in myself. I had to start to like put them on display in that mirror and say, you know what? I love that role right there. I love this cut that's on your neck right here. I love these things. I love your smile. I love the fact that you're missing this tooth on the side. I love the fact that you got this role right here. And look at your legs. You still got baby rolls, you know? And I had to really like take hold to that. And I had to look at myself and say that, you know, you are beautiful. And I remember I picked up I picked up my brushes for the first time in about four years. And I began to do my makeup. And then when I started to do my makeup, I started to feel a little better. And you know, I cleaned up my room. You know, that's that's another thing. We began that's to essential. let everything around us take chaos too. And depression lies in mess. And a lot of people don't know that. When your house, when your body, all of that is like junky, when your face is junky. Depression sits there. Yeah. Depression will sit there and it will take rest in that area. You have to keep depression out 
do, through those things first. And then I started to love my body. Like I saw, I remember one day I just went to the store. Matter of fact, it was three days after that. I went to the store and I had my stepmom. She was like, Seneca, um, here come $50. And I said, okay, thank you. She gave me the $50. And I remember I bought this one jumpsuit. I still won't get rid of it. It's still over there somewhere on the, in my pile of laundry. And I was like, oh, this right here is cute. But I ain't going to wear it out in public because people going to pick at me. And it wasn't until I wore it out in public and people was like, oh, that is so cute. Where did you get it from? And then I thought about it. I said, you know what? So many times we as women, we as humans, we look at things and we sit up there and we say, hey, these people going to say this right here about me. It's not them. It's you, baby. Yeah. You and your so head. I stopped wearing. I stopped going to the pool with paint with shorts on and shirts. So I tried myself. I said, you know what? If I'm going to be about this whole self-love and body positivity journey, if I'm going to be on this journey for myself, I'm going to start with me. I'm going to scale my own self out this shell. Yeah. I bought, I intentionally bought a two-piece bathing suit. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go to the pool. <laughs> I'm going to go to the pool with my best friend. We was at the hotel. She said, come to the pool. And I remember I said, you know what? I'm going to take this cover up off. I'm going to do this. And y'all, I walked inside of the pool without a cover-up on. A two-piece bikini. I said, you know what? I'm just going to wear it the way it is. It wasn't the people around me that was having the negative thoughts. It wasn't them. It was me. Because everybody who's seen that black top and those flower-bottom bathing suits, everybody who's seen it thought it was beautiful. They thought it was cute on me. And it was me in my head, girl, you too big for this, you too that. So that when you start deadening out that stuff that's going on in your brain, you will begin to see a different you. Yeah. You will start seeing a different you. Like this, that's just a portion of how Seneca became Sente. I that's think what's so important about that is that going back to what your brother and your dad did, <laughs> it wasn't about you or mm -hmm. to you because a lot of times we misconstrue it we feel like mm -hmm. oh they doing something to me no sis that's for oh, you that's for that's you for your benefit mm -hmm. because anybody that don't care nothing about you they'll let, they'll let you, you keep going sit in your mess mm -hmm. anyone that won't you know cause friction or allow you or push you to greatness those are not your people Mm -mm. they're not the ones that you wallowing in mess and they don't address it and and sometimes you don't even have it to address it in love it, there's no icing you can put on it sis mm -hmm. what's going on like what are you doing what what's really what's really causing you to spiral this far out of yeah. control you have to address that issue yeah. if you don't address the issue that's making you spiral out of control and 90% of the time when you're spiraling out of control, you had control at first. Yeah. You had the control, but you allowed the control to be put into somebody else's hands. Come on, there. Come on, there. You gave them that permission to make you spiral out of control. I gave the permission to my ex. I gave the permission to the people that was around them. I gave the permission to the other young lady. I gave all of that to them. I gave them the power right there. Here, here you go. Here, you can control me. I'll be your puppet. I'll be your mannequin. I'll be that. And then it's like, once it's all said and done, when, when I didn't beat myself up and allowed them to beat me up, life to beat me up, now I'm at the pit bottom. 
I'm at the complete bottom. And then guess what? I can't blame nobody for that. I'm not going to blame anybody for that. What I'm going to happen? Do you know what happened? What? Gave them your crown. I gave it to them. You gave them your crown. Because they we're all born with me. I gave it to them. You're, we're all born with we're We mm-hmm. are heirs of the king. So we are literally right. all royalty. When right. you allow people to do to, to do them, like there, it's not any people treat you the way that you allow them to treat you. Mm-hmm. That that's it. Just is what it is. Like you establish how this is gonna operate, and when like, you veer outside of the lanes, that's when I decide. Okay, this relationship is for me, or it's not. Mm-hmm. You get to decide. What you gonna do and what you're not gonna do, what you're going to accept and what you're not going to accept. Learning the power you of no. Get, you get to choose. You're more powerful. You're so much more powerful than you think, than you give yourself mm-hmm. to Just know that. Just know that. And I love just uh, power. Ah, uh, I love it. I the love power it. That that word no, you would think you hurting somebody. Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. I had a bad habit of that. And Dree, you know, I had a really bad habit of, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But, but who do you end up hurting? You. And I ended up hurting myself. And like, it's because we don't see ourselves as valuable. Mm-hmm. We don't always see ourselves as worthy or as, mm-hmm. you know, credible. We always, you know, we're second best. We're second rate. And that's the worst decision that we can make. We're always runner up. We're always runner up to somebody else's needs, to somebody else's demands. And in reality, we are the we we're the prize. We're our own prize. And if we allow somebody else to come in here and tear up our treasure chest, that's not on them. That's on us because we allowed it to happen. Mm -hmm. We allowed it to happen. And oftentimes we it's in it, and a lot of times people don't understand it. But we as women, because we're natural carriers, we tend to do that. We tend to put everybody else's needs before our own. Yeah, we're nurturers by nature. That's that's what we do. Naturally, you are a carrier. Naturally, because that's what your womb is for. Your womb is to carry. Yeah, you're a natural carrier, and you're gonna you carry everybody else stuff. And the moment you tell them no, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but you need that no, baby, you need it. And I didn't know feel how much guilty I when we're not carrying it. If yeah. our load is too light, we feel like, and I feel, I think that it has, I ain't going to get too deep, but we, especially black women, black mm. women, I feel like we believe that we were built for struggle. We were strong. We, we're strong. We're not looked at as princesses and dainty. Mm-hmm. If you ever listen to some of the, the things that a black young man who's made it to the NFL or he's he's praising his mama, he talks about her strength. Because half of the time she's had to do it alone. Alone. You never hear. You never hear. Well, let me not say never. You rarely hear someone praising their mom about showing them femininity, like embracing womanhood, looking... A lot of times our sons look for a strong woman. And I have I have to remind myself of that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be the example of strength mm-hmm. for my sons. I need to be the example of grace and beauty and class. 
And that's what they need to seek out in a partner because your job, son, is not to go out there and make your wife strong by being a mess. That's not your responsibility. That's not your responsibility. <laughs> She's already Don't make your wife strong by going out there being a hot mess. Don't do that. That's not that's not what this is for. That's not no. what this is for. But it's so it's so crazy how culture has just tainted the strong black woman. And I am committed. Now that I'm in this decade, this new decade, I'm trying to live a gentler life. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's going to require some grinding and some prioritizing and some sacrificing. Yes, those things don't, don't just come. A gentle life, you do have to work for. Because mm-hmm. as you mentioned, it's our natural desire to do and to carry and to accept and to mm-hmm. receive when, it, when in reality, our role is to create. Mm-hmm. And, and doing is much different than creating. Very much so. And I had I had to <laughs> I had to go back and look at some things, especially when I was in a relationship. I was like, Lord, I was up there playing both roles. I was really playing both roles. Like I remember like just being in a whole relationship with him and I'm like, Lord, I I you know I know that he's supposed to lead. So it's like I'm trying to give you leadership roles, but you don't want to take that leadership role. So it's like, okay, did you hear what you just said? You gave him a leadership role. I'm like, Lord, no. I, I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to get like, Lord, you, I know my place. Like, I, I know the place that you told me I for, cause you raised me like that. You had my mama tell me that, my auntie Beverly reiterated it. You know, I, I always had a strong daddy. Now, like, I don't I know nothing because you can't just hand nobody a role and tell me he'll leave. That, okay, that's the opposite. <laughs> right. Like, and that's the thing. I'm like, God, leave. Like, but then I had to go back and I really had to look at it. I had to look at something. I'm like, Seneca, sis, you messed up too. You messed up too. And I'm going to tell you how I messed up because here it is. You... Instead of me looking and listening to what he had already told me about himself and about his past relationships, I thought that, okay, you know, I'm different. I'm going to show him something different. I'm going to show him different. I'm nothing like them. You can't show somebody who, number one, if the roles in their lives have already been tainted, if the roles already been tainted, you leave it where it's at, baby. If he was raised by one of those women who, and I hate saying this, I don't need a man for nothing. <laughs> I'm this and I'm that. When you have people that was raised like that, you know, you you keep your hands off of it. You keep your hands yeah. off of it, especially when you were raised like, this is how a woman is supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to do as a wife. You are a help me, especially when you... When you, when you, when this is the way you were raised, this is the way you're supposed to stay. You get what I'm saying? Like, don't try to help God do his job. And I was trying to help God do his job. I was just trying to help him. But he need my help. I just feel like shots were just fired. Okay, Lord. I I ain't need to help him. I did not need to help God. God had already had that under control. He had that up under control. I just had number one, you got to also know when stuff is for you. When it's not for you, baby, let let it go. Just let you know it what? 
Auntie Tab said something just so profound yet so simple. You know, Auntie Tab. I love Tab. She Ooh, got a way her. of just, you know, just just rub me all gently, like a kiss on your cheek on the forehead. She right. One of them aunties. She said she was filling up a hummingbird feeder. And she said she ain't see the little hummingbirds in a couple days. So she went to check and the feeder was empty. So she went, she's filling it up. And she was like, you know what? Even a hummingbird knows that when the food, when you you don't return to a place where you're not being fed, even a hummingbird knows that. In life, we got to stop going back to places where we're not being fed and filled up. We, I said, well, my goodness, auntie, like, that is so true. Like, how many times do we return to an empty well? We know ain't nothing at the bottom of that well but mud. That's we right. still go back. And then as soon as we get the back. first cut. And we don't confuse, don't confuse the wells that still have things in it, but it's not what you want. Because that, that's a whole nother thing. We we won't we won't go there. We ain't got the time to go there. But we mm -hmm. gotta we have to stop trying to do God's job. We gotta stop because we just get in the way. We prolong our suffering. We delay the breakthrough. We delay, you know, the miracle that we we have the ability the ability to witness, but we so busy trying to do instead of experiencing and creating and and operating in that submissive role. Don't nobody want to hear that. Don't nobody want to hear that. But I I I will gladly take the submissive role and 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 be led. And a lot of times that's we don't have to submit to man. We supposed to be submitting to God. That's that's what people misconstrue. Well, he don't tell me what to do. You right. Does anybody though? Because that's mm -hmm. what the problem comes in. And y'all know ain't nothing changed but the day. We we are oftentimes the problem. We yeah. don't submit to nobody. Can't nobody tell us nothing. Nothing. And we be wondering why things don't work out for us. It's everybody else's fault, but ours. But on this podcast, we're here to grow and glow. And a part of growth is getting popped in the forehead with truth. And correction. And okay. correction. And correction. I cannot tell y'all how excited I am to have sent on this podcast today. Because when I look at her, she is... She is the epitome of growth. And I mean that in the, the most genuine, heartfelt way. Because you know that I know that you know that I know. <laughs> no. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. And it feels good. It, it feels good. It, it, it looks good. It and it is so good. Yes, it I wish that I can like, and I, I I keep being told this all the time. You need to do more. You need to do more with sharing with other women about what you have been through and what you have seen and what you've experienced. But I really do. My thing is, I don't care how pretty I look. I want to be. I don't want to just be a pretty face. And you mm -hmm. think that that just with with that having a, that pretty face or this crown and this sash that it didn't come with work. The so when did work, the work start for you? The work started back in 2017. Like between, yeah, it was, it was in 2017 whenever I was confronted by my dad and my brother. Mind you, this is something that Bev had been talking about 
since 2009. Yeah. So it's like the true work didn't happen until until then. So just give yourself time. Just give yourself time. Talking about the work, you put in some work to win this pageant. <laughs> and I really, I really want you to take a second and like walk them through your journey because y'all, this is not her first go round. Like, help help them understand. I ain't gonna spoil it. I'm gonna let you tell it. And then I'm gonna tell my perspective. Cause yeah, we 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 just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Okay, so as she stated, this is not my first go-round with the Miss Full Figure pageant. I started out back in 2021. I was a delegate. Um, and this is where I tell people, too, like, sometimes stuff from your past go to creeping back in. And old habits begin to reset back in. And... um. In 2021, you know, I had so many people saying, Seneca, you're going to win this pageant. 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 But I didn't believe that I was going to win this pageant. I was not in a place where I believed that I deserved it. Like, I mm. really struggled with the fact of me being a queen. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I've seen so many other different women. I seen light skin, I seen dark skin, I seen people that were close to my skin tone, and I seen beauty in every last one of those women. And it's like that's when you know self-doubt began to creep back in. You're not good enough. It wasn't nothing that nobody said to me, it was strictly me. And I began to act on that. Um, so back in 2021. I was going through the pageant process. I was doing everything I was supposed to do. And then when it came down time for people showing up and buying tickets and stuff like that, I found out that I did not have the support. It wasn't because they didn't want to support me. It was the fact that people could not support me. They couldn't support me. I had friends that just had babies. Like two weeks before the pageant, I had friends that it was crazy because I had friends that caught COVID the week of the pageant. Like they they were COVID. Everybody was COVID, 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 COVID. And the total of we were um we we're asked to sell 15 tickets. That's not many tickets to sell, especially when you when you know the type of people that you hang around. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody has those people in their circle, the ones that you know. Oh, I got this and I got that and I got that. But when it's time for ticket sales, you don't really where have it. Where y'all at? Where y'all at? Like, where you at, baby? <laughs> where you at, baby? You know, and, and it was to the point where we got downtime for that. And I did not, my dad didn't come. Like, once I knew that my dad wasn't coming, it really did take a damper on me. So I began to act out. And... I got into it with my director. I got into it with my other pageant sisters. I mean, I still remember during the photo shoot of our promo photo shoot, she kept saying, you guys, make sure, you know, you're together. First off, it was hot as I don't know what. It was hot out that door during that photo shoot. But 
if I would have kept it together, I would have got what they were trying to get me to understand. Sometimes as a queen, you are in uncomfortable positions. See, 2021 was a lesson for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'm just sitting up there. I'm like, you know what? Everything I had made sure my bathing suit, I made sure when I talked to the designer, I made sure I had money in hand. When I talked to the person who um, did my dress, I had money in hand. Everything on my end, I thought I was doing it the right way. But then once it was time for the pageant, everything went downhill. So I had to scuffle up different stuff just to get. And I, to me, I should have just said, you know what? In my brain, I was saying, you know, maybe I should just go ahead and quit. That's the obvious thing to do, to go ahead and quit. That's, that's the, thing the that e- that's the easy thing. That's the but then you missed the lesson. Right. You know, it's go ahead and quit while you're while you, while you are ahead. That was the thing that I believe that the enemy wanted me to do is to go ahead and quit. What would I have learned? And it was to the point where I was like, okay, I'm already going to lose. I ain't got nobody here. I got to come out of pocket to buy the rest of these tickets. I mean, this is a dead giveaway. I'm doomed. Now, me and the young lady who won Miss Full Figure, behind the scenes, we were like this. And she was always trying to tell me, Cynical, don't let this stuff get to you. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I was like, Morgan, no. This this, this, that, in the third degree. I'm going to cuss this person out. I'm going to cuss this person out. I was making everything hell for everybody else around me. Because I felt like since I already knew I was going to lose, why not go ahead and make, make it hell for everybody else? That's not the way to be. So the day of pageant day, I made a Facebook post and I was like, you know, I can't do this by myself. I need help. So my assistant was one of my friends from Facebook. We had just met that day. Mm. And for the first time, now mind you, we had the Zoom conferences, everything. So I seen her face, but I had never seen her in person. But she was my angel in that moment. And I remember one of the other young ladies who was in the pageant before me, she had to let me borrow a dress because my gown was messed up. So I was like, I, I was already going through a lot mentally. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go out here on this stage. In my mind, I had already lost. I was like, you know what? I already lost this. Beautiful clothes. It is because you had already made up in your mind. I had already made up in my mind that I had lost. And I was like, you know what? I done lost. So when we got on the stage, when we did everything on the stage, everything. If I wouldn't have got stage fright, I probably would have won talent. But I was stage fright. I stood in one spot the whole time. Okay, and she sure did. And I only know that because I was one of the one of the few four people that I had there that I I flew it all the way out. See my flew it out, flew it out, and I surprised her. I'm like. This is huge because I know where you come from to get to that moment. Even though you didn't take home a crown or a trophy, the fact that you bucked up enough courage to compete, that you got on that stage, that you had won in my eyes. Because sometimes we forget that, you know how we feel like we God's favorite? And it's it's so... But we, we're not his only child. And I know this now because I got multiple kids. 
But like parents of only children, they can dedicate all their time and resources. And this isn't to discount God and his abundance of blessings, but sometimes it's just not your time. It was sometimes it it's it just not your time. You haven't experienced the lesson, and sometimes we don't bad enough. Let's be keep it above. I tell I and I say this with pride. It was not my time, but it was so Morgan's time. It was so and it 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 showed that it was her time. But when they called my name, first off, let me tell you how shocked I was on that stage. <laughs> because as I stated, I didn't feel like I deserved anything because I had got into it with my director. I had got into it with so many different people trying to fight a battle that didn't need to be fought. But let me tell y'all, when they said first runner-up, Seneca Clark, I was like, huh? <laughs> me? What? First runner-up. So I walked down the whole little runway in shock. Like, I can't believe I won this. Because in my mind, I'm like, I ain't, I ain't do this. You know, I ain't, I ain't deserve this. So, you know, fast forward and whenever they put it back out there that the pageant that they were looking for delegates again, I remember my niece, she said, Auntie, aren't you a princess? And I said, all of us are princesses, Kinsley. And she said, no, Auntie, no. You remember when you took me to the carnival? I said, yeah, what happened, Kinsley? She said, you remember that pink thing you had? And I said, yes, I remember the pink thing I had. She said, you don't have that again? I said, yes, at the house. She said, Auntie, you should wear that again. Oh. And so I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, I don't know if I should do that again. I, I was like, no, I don't know, Kinsley. I said, I think that's it for that. She was like, no, Auntie, you should do that again. Out of the mouth of babes. And I was like, okay. So, you know, matter of fact, I waited towards the end to either send in my, um, my application and everything. So then I ended up getting the email back instantly on my interview. So I'm like, Dang, this is this is quick, you know. This is happening real quick. But mind you, in that whole process, even after the pageant, God had began to do another work in me, and He was showing me me on how I how I went back to being people's puppet again. And you don't need to be nobody's puppet, since you ain't nobody's puppet. You you got to get that, get that in your head, since you're nobody's puppet. That's Sometimes. a whole God will wait to promote you until mm-hmm. our message is authentic. Yes, until it is authentic. And, and I, I am learning that. I'm living that in this current moment. Sometimes God will wait to give you for the give you the thing you've been praying and fasting and tearing and tearing down heaven for until you until you until you have experienced the things that you've experienced and your message is authentic. Your platform, like in retrospect, it sounds like your platform last year, because you kept the same one. I kept the same exact You kept the same one. That was actually one of my questions for you. Like you kept the same platform. So do you feel like, like today in this current moment, do you feel like your platform was more so for the woman that you were trying to become or the, the one the woman that you wished you were or the woman that you were going to become in retrospect? It was both. 
it was for not only that woman, but it was also for that little girl. Mm. That little girl who was denied so many times and told you're not good enough. It's always them, but never you. Right, right. How many times I had been been, been the alternate on cheerleading squad. The runner-up. Uh, the second best. Always being second best. And it was like, this time, I was like, Lord, I say, if it's in your will, not mine, but in your will, bring it to pass. And I left it right there. I left it there. Because I said, you know what? If it's in his will, he'll make sure it happens. Because he don't want his word to come back void. Yeah. And he's not an author. He's not a liar. So therefore, since he he's not a liar, he's not going to let his word come back void. He's going to make sure that it's, that it's set in stone. So, and then I, I told him, I said, Lord, if this time, if it's in your will, keep my mouth closed. But keep my eyes open. Because you gave me two eyes for a reason and one mouth for a reason. Keep that mouth closed and keep my eyes open and keep my eyes on your prize. And I remember throughout the year, throughout this whole year before the pageant, throughout that year, God just put me in positions to where I had to show self-love and body positivity. Talking to young women that's in my chair, getting their hair done, talking to grown women who had never been told that they're beautiful, Woo! being told that they're beautiful. And I had to really like take a sit back and be like, you know what, Seneca, if I'm pouring this into people, how true do I want it to be? How true do how how true is it in your life? Do you believe that you have body positivity? Do you believe that you have self-love? Do you do you love yourself? Do you think that all of you is beautiful? We all have imperfections. And I remember one one lady who got in my chair. She's an ed, she's in she's in education. And I remember I was like, "You are so beautiful to me." And I was like, "You need to hold your head up high." And she sat in my chair. She said, "Seneca, she said this is the first time." She said, "I ain't never been told I, I've been beautiful. To, how many times you you telling me? Not even by my husband." And she hung her head, and I. And I gently lifted her head up. I say, tonight when you walk out on that field, on that court, you hold your head up high. I say, because the queen in you, the queen in me is going to speak to the queen in you every moment that you're in this chair. And I want you to hear this when you walk out onto that court with your cheerleaders. And that resonated even in me. And, you know, and I was like, Lord, I love me. Because you created me. Yeah. You created me. I didn't create myself. You created me. And you created me in your image. And you're beautiful. And you're whole. And you're enough. So that means that I'm enough. So when I did when I did my platform this year, I was able to hold my head up high. Real high. And I was able to speak fluently without crying. Without, you know, being shy in front of a room full of people or any of that. Because this time, be, having self-love and body positivity, it was for real. Regardless of what society thinks of any of us. Society put plus-size women inside of this bracket as if we're nasty, as if we're unbeautiful, as if we're this and we're that. No, I am beautiful. 
just the same way that your European size two is beautiful, this American 28W is beautiful. I just got more beauty. <laughs> I got a whole lot of beauty. I just you have know, a little more to dress. That's all it is. I just it's have a little bit more to dress. And it's a whole bunch of love. It's not that I'm not beautiful. I look different to you. That's it. I just look different. But this right here, every pound that I have, every inch of me loves every inch of you. And I see the beauty in you, but I don't expect for you to see. I don't care if you don't see the beauty in me no more because I see the beauty in me. And that's what's going to come out when I speak, when I come into a room, when I hold my head up high and I wear this crown and this sash. This is the outward expression of what God has done in the inside of me. Yes. And he just made it to where, you know, this right here, he he been crowned me a long time ago, but he gave it to me this right here when he knew that I needed it the most because I had been pouring out to so many other different women in this chair over this year, over this past year, I had been pouring out so much for real this time. And I began to minister to myself for real this time. And he wanted to show me, hey, you got it this time, girl. You got it. You, it was, you got it. It was your time. It was your time. It was my and, time. And you know and what? Everything was unorthodox <laughs> this time. Everything was unorthodox. Y'all, when I say everything was unorthodox, like remember when I told y'all I planned everything out this time? I mean, last time I had everything out to a T. It was so perfect this time. Like, y'all, it was so perfect this time. Last time everything crumbled. This time, I bought my gown was paid for in May, and like a month before, I had everything already packed up and all of that ready for the pageant, just sitting in, in my living room, just ready. Everything was already ready, and then it was like the day of the pageant. That's when I started to get nervous. I started getting nervous the day of the pageant, but my assistant was like, "Girl, shut up. Let me just put hush. Let me let, let me put this lotion on you." And I was able to walk out on that stage. And this time, I was like, and I stood on the stage. This time, pad my thighs, looking weird in some of the pictures to the point where they, they came close to me because I was looking real weird. I was looking like one of them kids, but I ain't gonna say that. But when they said my name this time, the first thing I could I could not do nothing else this time but hold my hand up to the sky and say, "Lord, this one nobody but you," and I thank you. Because without you, I couldn't have did none of this. Because I didn't, I, I, I know I couldn't have did it. Because I'm, I'm one of the ones that crack under pressure sometimes. You know, I know that about me. And this time, I wasn't, I wasn't out there the way that I was last year. I wasn't always trying to be around this person and that person. Uh, uh. I go to my meetings. I'm cordial. All right, you guys. See you guys next time. <laughs> that's what I do. See y'all next time. Wow. And that's, ladies, take, it's time for some people to take their say lot. It's, it's time for you to take your say lot. Your say lot. It's, it's time. Because you are overworking yourself trying to be this person and trying to be this mother, trying to be this wife. It's time for you to take a break before you crash and burn. Sis. And I feel that. Even now, I know that we, this isn't going to be posted yet, but I feel that it's a woman that's out there that she's trying to be this, this mother, this sister, this daughter, this wife, 
this girlfriend, this friend. She's trying to be all of these different things, but she can't because she's pouring from an empty vessel. And it's time for you to take time out for you love on you enough. You got the love on you, sis. And with that, with that, we're going to transition right into the redefining moment. So everything that you have said just kind of confirms the importance of just, it all boils down to relationship. And that relationship, it has to first be established with God. You said so many times today that, you know, you had to return and you had to realize and you had to kind of take a step back. You said this over and over and over again in so many words, just how many times we have to turn our perspective, shift, you know, our eyes. A lot of times look to the hills. That, that's what the old folks say. But in reality, it's true. We have to shift our perspective and we got to change the narrative that we're telling ourselves like we got to change the story sometimes we have to start before we can get to the place that God wants us to be sometimes we have to allow him to narrate it mm -hmm. because and the that's our problem. that we tell ourselves the self-hatred that we spew into our own hearts and our own minds and the way that we we it's no one wants to hate themselves but it's it's been something that's been ingrained in us it's been ingrained in us that you're not enough or you're just you're 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 subpar you're second best you're never you know first that that that's good for them but it'll never be you mm -hmm. and that's, that's never, never been God's, God's will for us. That's never been his, his plan, plan for us. He's always, always thought of us as first. And not because somebody else is second, but because God is God enough for all of us to be first. And when we start realizing that, that we were, we were first, he prioritized every unique thing about us. Like it's so it's so on point that body positivity is a part of that because self-love is one thing but body positivity loving the imperfections and the impurities and the things that make us look or feel different or weird that, those are the things that oftentimes we try to hide and believe it or not those are the very things that god wants to use to bring him glory it's not yeah. to bring you shame but it's to bring him glory like sometimes Sometimes the bigger the bigger you are, the more the more attractive the more attractive you are to other people. You you can be seen now, and why not be a walking billboard of God's goodness? Yeah, why and not? Like I why not? Why not? We, I, and I and I know I've said this before too. Had I known then what I know now, um, a lot of times. And you, 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 yeah, you heard me say that a lot. You know, I had to go back because we get off part of will. We get off his will. We think, okay, he's done. He's he's done. He's done. Oh, I look real good. I look good on the outside, but we're not seeing that in the inside. It's unlevel. Shambles. Yeah, it's, it's unlevel. And we we jump off his will. We jump off of it, thinking that oh, we good. And then next thing you know, as soon as they put wine in us and as soon as they put something in us we crack 
So then we have to get right back on his wheel. We have to get right back on the potter's wheel and we have to continue. He got to start all the way back up. He got to crumble you all the way back down. And that's because prematurely we, we, we do stuff. We do stuff prematurely. And that's exactly what happened to me in so many words throughout my life. Stuff happened prematurely. It's a lot of stuff in my life that, you know, that has happened. And it, 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 if I would have just stayed in his will, stayed on the will when he had me on there, even when I was a teenager, when I first heard him call me, I would, I don't think I would have been where I am now, but it was some lessons that I had to be taught. Yeah. So I thank God for jumping off that wheel, but I also thank God that he, he, that he loved me enough to put me back on, invite me back on his wheel. Every time. You know, every time. And like when it, when it comes down to self-love, like how much do you really love yourself? You think by you, you know, dressing this thing up, you know, you got the latest this on, you got the latest that on. Oh, I'm wearing Estee Lauder foundation. I'm doing this. That ain't, that's not what we're talking about. That's not self-love. You covering something up, but do you love yourself naked? Do you love yourself naked? And I had to look at myself in the mirror and I'm telling y'all, like I really had to grasp hold of who Seneca was, who Sente was. That was that was the redefining moment when I could love myself with a face full of hair. The note to know that, you know, I didn't I didn't give myself facial hair. This is just something that, you know, I would it happened to me. Yeah. I got a face full of hair. Yes, I got to shave my beard, okay? And the stash at times when when it wanna grow. But you know, can I love myself with that? Can I love myself when I'm having a breakout? I'm one of few black people that has rosacea. So you know what? Can I can I love myself when I'm having a flare-up? Can I love myself when my clothes ain't the cutest, but I'm still can I love myself when I'm just sitting in my house for a day? And I'm still sitting in my mess from yesterday. Can I love myself even me? Can I love myself when I'm musty? Can I love myself when I'm the cutest thing ever? Can I love myself in a room full of beautiful women? And that's the Can that's I still the, hold my head up high? Can I still love myself without feeling less than? Without feeling like the ugly friend. Right. To stop and I had to learn how to stop telling myself that I was the ugly friend. I'm not the ugly friend. You're not the ugly friend. Nobody is the ugly friend. Because what I think is beautiful may not be beautiful to that young man over there or to that young woman over there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, stop feeling like you are the ugly friend. You are the friend. You are beautiful just like everyone else. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The same God that made Beyonce made me. And if he and her, if she's in his image and I'm in his image, we both beautiful. Exactly. So I can sit next to her and be like, girl, you are so beautiful. And even if she doesn't give me a compliment back, and if that person next to her don't give me a compliment, I still feel like I'm beautiful. Exactly. And I think That's what it boils down to at the end of the day is, can we, like, when will we? Because I know that it's possible, but mm -hmm. when will we get to the place in our life where we prioritize God's viewpoint in all aspects. Because when we start to look at not only the world, mm -hmm. but ourselves through God's eyes, mm -hmm. we will be 
we will begin to operate with a level of grace for ourselves that we didn't even believe that we were worthy of. And that's that's real talk. Because Amen. the people, the the people that God created, which is all of us, he ex he extends unmerited, unfathomable. It just I can't even begin to put into words the level of grace that he gives us. Mm-hmm. Not only to not only to mess up, but to come back every time. So that's this that's this episode's redefining moment, y'all. We done been here a little bit over an hour since, and it was an hour well spent. An hour well spent. I'm full. I'm, I'm all warm and fuzzy and toasty. Y'all, I just, I, my my goal is in this whole episode, baby, I just want you to understand who you are. You're his. Like, you know how many times I done said that on this podcast, you are his. Yes. You belong to him. Donald Lawrence comes to my mind. His song, and his song says, um, I know that life has challenged you, but the king in me speaks to the king in you. Woo, that that song right there has helped me through so many different times. Like I'm talking about drill knows I have tried to please so many. I have been a people pleaser for too long. I was at a church that I probably shouldn't have never went to in the first place. But it was all a part of growth. It was all a part of growth. Yeah. Like, and when I tell you, I sit back and I even look at that, like. God, you literally brought me out of that. You, yeah. whoo, you brought me all the way out of that. And you, you've grown and you've flourished and Very blossomed much. into the and I see that, that you now. are right now. I see that now. I did not see it before, but over the last year and a half, maybe two years, I have really seen the growth. And I really do believe that the 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 road that I'm on now, the path that I'm on now, was the path that was predestined for me, and it's the path the that path. I was supposed to be on. It's right, was, right. And I don't have to, and I don't have to be seen in nobody's church every day, because they, they, everybody know I was in. I listen. You told me I went deep enough in His Word, so I'm gonna try to read the Bible from front to back. And even though it's good that I know Scripture now and stuff like that, it's good that I know that. But let me tell y'all, because I take his word seriously, I go out there in the streets and tell some people some stuff about the word. And thank you, mowers. My mowers are outside my door right now. But like, um, that's your I amen mean, corner. That's my amen corner. Thank you, thank you, blowers. Thank you. You're so wonderful. But um, <laughs> but I was like, you know, just sitting back thinking about that, like you know. I thank God for the word that I learned in those church at that church. But, you know, I just sit back and I look at, I'm like, dang, dang, I was real scared. Like I was just scared. I was scared of people. I was scared of not pleasing somebody and scared of what they're going to think about me. But now I think about what, what I think about myself. Yeah. I got to go home and sleep with me. Yeah. I'm not okay with who I see looking back at me. I'm terrified of that person has morphed into someone that I don't even know that's unfamiliar. 
I want mm -hmm. no parts of it. I got to be able to lay down and be truthful and honest with the woman that I am and the woman that I want to be. Yeah. Like, let's, that's, let's that's be honest. Sometimes thing. we're not where we want to be. Right. But if this isn't the version of the woman that I want mm -hmm. to be, I'm, I want no parts. I want no right. parts. Right. Like, I don't want to be, I, I'm, I'm to the point where I don't want to be somebody's yes girl every time it turn around they could be doing something completely wrong oh that's not of god because you think that that's not of god my no you don't think my no is of god you don't think it is but it really is and it's not gonna it's not only for you but it's also for me it's for it's creating a boundary you have to god create boundaries not intend for us to be yes you got to create boundaries even with people in church and i had to learn that you got to create boundaries because some people Guess what? Witches and warlock, warlocks are operating our churches now, in some churches now. My Real mind. churches. And they are operating to the point where manipulation is very big. Mm -hmm. And the moment that you tell some of them no, oh, you're not of God. You're not this. You're not that. Wait a minute. Who are you to define whether or not my no is of God or not? This yeah. no right here is to protect me, protect my peace, and to protect my salvation. And you know what? You know what it is? Yes. It's because they haven't done the inner work. They're they're out of yes. they can't hear. They else. can't hear, you know, spiritually, because God didn't mm -hmm. create us to be self. He didn't create us to be self-lovers, but he mm -hmm. also didn't create us to be self-haters. That, that, that was never mm -hmm. his intention. And a lot of times our no is con it's misconstrued to be anti them. Mm -hmm. It's not, I'm not anti you. I'm not saying no to, to chop you off at the knees and to make your life harder. I'm pro me. I'm pro and the minute, me. And the minute that we accept, I'm pro me first, everything around me gets better because I am pro me. I'm positive. Mm -hmm. So if I can spread the good, if I'm all right, if you will buy, you will, because of association, you're going to be better. You're going to be better. You're going to be better. But we're we going to go into a whole other podcast. You might be on for season two. We'll, we'll see what we got going on for season two. But Sint, before you go, I want you to tell them where they can find you, ma'am. You can find me on, number one, you can find me on Facebook. Um, My page is Seneca Clark. You will see me. I got on a yellow dress. And two crowns on with two sashes. <laughs> you go see that. You can find me at Seneca Clark, and then you can also find me on I, Instagram at I am Sente two point Um, I I don't know what my TikTok name is. I think it's Sente <laughs> Sente twenty. I think I don't know what it is. Just find me. And, you know, I'm trying to get back into doing makeup online. I'm trying to, because I have a lot of companies that's asking me to come back and also to create more content. I will be creating more content. I just have been on a sabbatical, a too long of a sabbatical. And, but, that's, fine. Um, and that's fine. It's time for me to come back now. So I'm going, I'm going to come back. I'm just getting everything prepared. Drea actually witnessed me getting my lighting together here today. And it was crazy because I should have been did all this. And should have. And should have. Y'all follow like her. Follow her. She is a hoot. She's hilarious. She is a hot mess. But she oh, is my cousin and one of my very, very good friends. And I love her so much. If y'all don't do nothing else, season two is going to be lit. Okay? I'm we going to for a bit, but I'm coming back. 
So make sure that you subscribe to this YouTube channel. Um, follow me, Quinchdry, um, redefining you, all those things. Episode the 10. Episode 10 is in the books, y'all. And I'm so happy that you guys hung out with me through first season. Season two, we own you. Love y'all. Make sure the other queens are on too next time. That part. That part. Right. <laughs> love y'all. See ya. I love y'all. Thank y'all for having me.